I'm Jamie O'Kane, CPA, small business advanced tax planning and compliance extraordinaire. And this is the Abundant Beans Podcast, the podcast that takes my love for learning what makes people tick while digging into the good, bad, and ugly of small business ownership. We strive to give you the insight that only those in the trenches of being and working with entrepreneurs can provide. All right. Today, we're going to welcome to the Abundant Beans Podcast, Robert Lincolnbeard. Robert is the CEO of the Radix Group LLC, which has offices in Greenville, Phoenix, and the UK. You will notice real soon that he's not from around the US. He's a serial entrepreneur and author and four-time Ironman. Robert is also a senior leader in the entrepreneurs organization and therefore understands the challenges of CFOs, CEOs within growing companies. Welcome. Thank you. Excited to be here. You're from Scotland. I am. I was going to try and put people off and say I'm from Nebraska, but uh, I think they would find out quick enough. They would find out quick enough. Um, (laughs) I love accents. I'm a huge fan, so I could do this all day. Um, Cool. Let's do it. Yeah, let's do it. Um, So first question first, what was your first job? My first job was working in a toy store. I think I was probably 15, 16 years old. And I'm not sure how I got connected, but I worked in a toy store. And what makes it memorable was the fact that I think it was around, and it's just showing my age here, it was around when the first Star Wars came out. Mm-hmm. So it had all these Star Wars figurines and toys okay. and models. So it was a pretty cool place to, to work. Um, it's now May the 4th. Today is May the 4th. So that time, right. May the 4th. I know. I did. I know. I, I didn't so. realize that until this morning, <laughs> surrounded by, um, what do you call them? The life, you know, the lifesavers and the. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. <laughs> cool. Yeah. Yeah. My, 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 my daughter woke up and she's like, May the 4th be with you. I'm like, All right, kid. <laughs> you don't like the movies. Like we've tried to have them watch like the original movies. Right. No. But they but they'll watch the like the more modern ones. They're right. just very okay. confused right. about the old ones. <laughs> They're like, um, yeah. are those like things on are those starships on sticks? Like what is happening? <laughs> <laughs> no, my my all my kids are totally into Star Wars and watch the whole series and yeah, love it. So That's they're awesome. always running around the house with their you know, all their gear on. Pretty cool. I'm all about Baby Yoda, so I'm in. I love it. <laughs> um, so give us the cliff notes um, or the quick rundown of your career journey. So I, I moved to the States um, back in 99 uh, uh, after working with um, local government, the city over across there, and I just got really fed up with lack of opportunities. Um, weather was a big factor. I just, you know, being that dead end type job and about six months earlier, when I went out to Arizona, I was just amazed by not only the weather there, but just the people living in this great environment. They were living in these beautiful houses that were, you know, two or three, second or third house. And I thought, well, what am I doing wrong? So, yeah, I moved to the States and, you know, worked through some really basic you know, uh, jobs, just minimum wage, and then eventually started my business um, in 
2001 mm-hmm. as a commercial landscape company. And I think um, because it was a growing market there, and I just learned a lot through my career and taking care of uh, customers and clients mm-hmm. that my business grew pretty quickly. And uh, I sold that business after taking it up to 20 million, 350 odd employees. And we had four branches in in Phoenix and then one up in Vegas mm-hmm. and uh, sold that in 16. Wow. For a couple of years for the parent company before starting my coaching consulting business. I've been wow. doing that the last three or four years. That's actually a pretty quick career journey. It was like a very distinct one. Usually people are like, well, I did this and I did that and did the other thing. And then I started 20 businesses, <laughs> <laughs> you know, like in the first 19 failed. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't know. I just seem to get a good recipe. And then I, I, yeah, I mean, I found by surrounding myself with really good people mm-hmm. that, yeah, I did make a lot of mistakes, but I think once I started to run myself by other business owners and mentors that I, I quickly made less mistakes and my mm-hmm. business started to scale up. So yeah, I was definitely lucky to not fail at a bunch of businesses. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's, that's what I enjoy doing now is I, you know, I'd like to share what I've learned through my years to other business owners. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, just what I've decided is my, my calling in life. I get it. I, I understand. That's part of the reason we do this thing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so you kind of just touched on that, but let's talk about the growth of that company. What were some of the game changing decisions you made that allowed you to scale up so quickly? Yeah, probably two main things. Um, one being uh, finding the right people. Mm-hmm. You know, I think a lot of people complain about you know getting any people to fill their vacant positions. But you know, back in it was probably ten years ago or so, I, I realized there was no way I was going to be able to keep growing the business the way I was, relying on me because I, mm-hmm. I was really hands on. So yeah. I brought on probably two or three real key people. And I coached them over a two or three year period and they became senior leaders in my company. And so, yeah, they, they eventually became branch managers and they, they ran the company for me. I just came in and coached them. And um, almost I, my, what I suppose my underlying message to them was treat this like your own business, mm-hmm. but, but you don't have, you know, the, the failure part you've got all this money behind you you've got this expertise behind you so treat this like your own business go out and take some risks take care of your clients mm-hmm. and then and then excuse me the other part was really putting some um, parameters around what their kpis were mm-hmm. uh, we looked at things like the revenue we looked at things like labor numbers so just really put what are their their kpis or the critical numbers that we can measure their success Mm-hmm. So that just allowed them to, again, be creative, but still stay within those parameters. Yeah, that's that's interesting. I find, and I think the biggest problem for a lot of business owners is that we don't we have a hard time finding staff that will take ownership of anything, right? Mm-hmm. Um, sure. So how do... How do we like how do business owners find those key people? I think that's I think that's the hardest part is nobody's gonna love your business or nobody's gonna care about your business as much as you do. Um, but how do we find people that care about it almost as much as we do? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> yeah, that's the million dollar question. It um, is. I mean, I think 
I think over the years I've found that, yes, you can go out and use your traditional methods to find people, you know, mm-hmm. uh, Indeed or whatever the channel is, and then they'll do the, the interview and then they'll try and hire them. And it's pretty risky. Mm-hmm. But I think there's a lot more ways you could cover your bases in terms of, I love doing personality assessments, mm-hmm. gives them that sort of GPS of really what they're like, especially their subconscious part of their thinking, mm-hmm. uh, references, very few people call references, um, doing, per- doing background checks on them. Mm-hmm. But I think it's doing all those additional steps, maybe even taking them out to them and their partner out to dinner or lunch, see how they interact in more of a social setting. Hmm. So there's just a lot more things you could do to really make sure you find that first fit. And then once you do bring them on, again, it's still a little bit of a risky move, but you're going to know within 90 days if it's a good fit or not. So Hmm. if they're not fit, then, you know, move on. If it's a good fit, then take care of them. Give them increases. Why wait a year to give them some type of an increase? Just take care of them immediately. I love it. Um, I've got questions all over the place over here. Um, So let's talk about your book, The Ironman Mindset for Entrepreneurs. Um, At what point in your Ironman training did you realize it could be applied to business owners? Uh, Afterwards. Uh, I, I always had the goal of you know, writing my book. My dad's written a bunch of books, so and it was just one of, one of my bucket list items. Mm-hmm. And I, when I started to think about what type of book, I then started to, you know, this I was at the tail end of my Ironman career. And I just started to think about some of the um, parameters and similarities between the two. Mm-hmm. You know, starting off with... You know, I had no idea at the beginning when I first moved into playing rugby, I then started to do a bit of running and I had no concept whatsoever to do an Ironman race because my swimming was horrible. I mean, I literally could, I could swim one length of the pool and breaststroke. That, that would be me. <laughs> you know, you, you imagine a big rugby guy who's, you know, 200 odd pounds, mm-hmm. legs sinking. Yeah, that, that was me. So, you know, I... I suppose I started to think about, well, maybe I'll start off with a sprint. Maybe I'll start off with a, a, a Olympic distance. And then once I've built up that confidence, then I start to think, well, okay, where am I going with this? Mm-hmm. And eventually, you know, I decided to do my first Ironman in 2009. But it's the same in business. I think a lot of people maybe either lack of confidence or they just know, know they're in their comfort zone and are not thinking big picture enough. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's basically what I try and do now is I try and encourage people to think about getting outside their comfort zone mm-hmm. and where they're going in the future. Can that's you get 50% growth, 100% growth? Yeah. So, so yeah, it's like that big, hairy, audacious goal. Yeah. Do you find, and I think I talk about this all the time, but I find that if you ask people to make a 10-year goal, it's tiny, right? So like people, people don't, they can't cast vision to 10 years. That's big enough. Yeah. I agree. Um, but if you ask them to make a one year goal, it's going to be way too big to be, to be available. I agree. I agree. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, I try we, to, yeah, we always go we for that 10 year goal and then we go back, we back yeah. into the one year. <laughs> yeah. One no, year. I mean, I, you know, when I try and challenge people with that 10, 15, 20 year goal, they really, mm-hmm. really struggle with that. We do. And, um, 
you're right. You know, worked with a couple of companies recently, and they they were almost achieving their ten year goal in two two and a half years. Just you know, just because they didn't think big enough. Yeah. I love that though. Yeah. You know, I just always somebody will tell me their ten year goal, and I'm like, um, can I triple that? (laughs) Let's do that. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so, so what are the Ironman principles that you use um, from your book? Yeah. So the, the principle that I call um, MIE. So the M is for mindset. Mm-hmm. So, you know, every day, either in business or in personal life, we're always going to come up with some challenges, mm-hmm. you know, whether you have an injury, whether you have some type of personal challenge, health or whatever. And it's really how you deal with that. Mm-hmm. You know, you can either go two ways. You can either just let that stop you and create that barrier for you. Mm-hmm. And, and you just get sucked into that negativity. You know, we've been all went through these challenges with COVID over the last year mm-hmm. or so. And you, know, you either get, yeah, you either get stuck into that negativity or you just push through it mm-hmm. and you almost just take that as a look, you know, you either go around it or you jump right over that challenge. Mm-hmm. So your mindset, I think, is huge. And it goes back to what you were saying earlier about your mindset about achieving bigger and better goals. Mm-hmm. Uh, ah. And then, you know, the second part of that is uh, the I, which is being intentional. Mm-hmm. I think I find that, you know, most people wake up in the morning and they'll immediately jump into their phone and they'll look at their emails, they'll look at their social media, and suddenly their their brain is just spinning. And that tends to almost set their day for them because they just get caught up in all that small minutia stuff. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm more about really planning what's going to happen in your day mm-hmm. and setting almost mini goals that I want to mm-hmm. try and achieve by the end of the day. And I'm almost constantly looking at four, five, six times a day. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. I love it. But oh. does it, does it work for you? Oh my gosh taking the time to just sit down and like write what needs to, like what goals I need to achieve every day is significantly changed what gets done around here. Um, And how I feel at the end of the day about what happened. Cause it's so easy to just hop into the inbox um, and deal with all the little stuff that really doesn't need a, you know, an immediate reply or anything like that. Like we could, I could spend all day in my inbox getting you know client needs this client has a question about that you know staff needs this blah blah blah. if i sit down (laughs) and intentionally say this is what needs to happen today um uh, we use we use the whole firm we use a we use a program called gears that my coach teaches um your goals your events for the day your actions when you're going to rest um or when you're done and then how you're going to take care of yourself that day um and it's just ge you know gears all the way down i just stick it right in my planner i the whole team has the same planner that's awesome um, and we all because it's five letter, it's five spaces in each day <laughs> it works perfectly um and i know if i have a ton of events i'm not gonna get a touch i'm not gonna really get any large projects done but it, i've i've learned that by sitting down and doing this every day um, or every work day and it's been a game changer. Yeah. Right. Sure. It, yeah. It moves the needle. 
Mm-hmm. Being in it your does. inbox is not going to move the needle at all. No, so, no the yeah. inbox is the worst. <laughs> so, uh, no, I'm, I'm a firm believer in the same thing. I have a, I use a Panda planner and uh, it's, it's huge for me. Mm-hmm. And uh, when I go in and meet with clients, that's one of the things I do. And that, that even touches on my, you know, the last concept in the Ironman is the actionable. It's just mm-hmm. making sure that you're blocking off Mm-hmm. you know i call them qtbs quality time blocks mm-hmm. where you're you know you're working on specific projects to hopefully achieve some of your goals at the end of the day yeah i love it it's so huge um and having we do weekly goals too as a team um, oh, yeah. you know all that um and making all those little tiny steps um I deal with imposter syndrome. I just talk about this. I, it's just very true. I will think that we're not getting anything done. We're not growing the way we're supposed to do, blah, blah, blah. And then my coaches will be like, do you know what you've achieved in the last year? Yeah. <laughs> like you, you did a whole rebrand. Like, you know, they're like, wow. Yeah, I shoot. always like, I'm impressed with the amount of stuff you get done. Like almost every time we tell. <laughs> I was like, okay, I'll stop being so hard on myself. But <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I talk about it where... You got you almost got to celebrate those little mini wins yeah, along the way. Mm-hmm. Um, otherwise, you're just you know, you know, you're constantly getting beat up. Um, I so. did my own tax returns last week. I had my second COVID shot. I didn't feel very good, and so I was okay. like, "What's gonna do something?" And I was like, "I'm just gonna work on my own tax returns." And okay. afterwards, I was like, "Go me! I did something." <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> you You've know. got to. You've got to. Yeah, we gotta we gotta celebrate and my husband was like wow it's done like two weeks before the deadline i'm like i know is that amazing yeah. me. <laughs> no i think you know and that, that touches back on what i said earlier because we come across so many other negative things mm-hmm. whether you watch in the news or something that happens in your mm-hmm. in your life mm-hmm. you've got to celebrate those wins yeah it's huge it's, it, it's a huge thing um like I said, I got things all over the place here. I did that one. Um, so do business owners have to be athletes to understand that Ironman mindset? Because I don't uh, want to do an Ironman. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, they don't. Absolutely not. But, you know, I think I did a, a presentation last week to a bunch of people across in Europe. Mm-hmm. Fortunately, it wasn't there. It was done virtually, but I did a poll question at the beginning, and only fifty percent of people had some type of bucket list. Mm-hmm. And I just it it really surprised me because you know whether it's an Ironman or whether it's um, travel to a beautiful country or travel to so many countries. I think having some type of either guiding star or some type of goal way out there. Mm-hmm. I think just that's what carries you through life. And then once you set that goal, whether it be, again, an Ironman or travel or some type of adventure, then who are the people around you that are going to help you get there? Mm-hmm. You know, I, like, I, I like that you're talking about adventures. It's not, I'm going to have all these dollars in my 401k, which is great, <laughs> but that's not like, I don't think that compels people. No. No, I think I'm a big fan of adventure. I mean, I've been to 26 countries. My goal is 50. 
And uh, I just feel that, and I've experienced some good friends of mine who, you know, had this goal to, you know, grow their business, put eight hours a week into it, sell it, and then travel. And before they got to that point, in fact, even one person recently, halfway through uh, them selling their company, and they ended up in, in a hospice. Just because of some health issue, so I think you've got to have those adventures and those goals along the way. I agree with you. Again, it goes back to what you're saying about celebrate the wins. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I mean, and I talk about in my industry all the time. Accountants, um, we've been conditioned to die at our desks. You know, we're just going to die at our desks. We're going to work eighty hour, hundred right. hour weeks, which I typically refuse and cannot do um but that's the culture the culture is oh i worked you know 12 hour days or whatever and i'm like really i took a nap at 3 p.m (laughs) (laughs) yeah you know let's let's change the script here (laughs) um i I think you have to because i think if you're if you're around people that think it's the norm yeah then you'll just get sucked into that yeah, it's and, so uh, hard. And we're not serving anybody by doing that. No. We're serving ourselves, we're not serving our families, we're not serving our clients. We're not getting any gold medals. We're not taking it. No, there's no gold star for dying at your desk. No. So, uh, yeah, car- carve at that time, whether it be time during the week to go and do something you enjoy, whether it be plan mm-hmm. three or four trips a year. I mean, you know, maybe I, maybe I got a little bit spoiled by growing up in the, you know, in Europe. Yeah, so had because everything's so much closer too. More closer, but um, I, I just said when I moved across here, I said I'm still going to maintain, you know, how I brought up in terms of my culture, but I'm mm-hmm. just now got a different set of countries to now visit or set of states. That's awesome. So. We actually, we're going to Mexico in a few weeks and I cannot wait. That's awesome. <laughs> Yeah. That's all. Yeah, that'll be fun. Um, I love Cancun. It'll be my third time in Cancun. We, yeah. we keep trying to go somewhere else, but we keep ending up going to Cancun. I'm good. That's fine. Cancun's a great place. I, I, I would stay. go back from Tulum. Mm-hmm. Tulum, just a yeah, beautiful place. Now, we usually do Riviera Maya, um, but we're going to be doing Cancun proper this time. We'll be up north. Okay. Down south um, so that'll be that'll be cool i know to lose cool. on my list too yeah awesome. i could just live in the gulf <laughs> that'd be fine <laughs> that'd be fine um so how were you able to train 20 plus hours a week for an iron man and still run a 20 million dollar business i mean you kind of touched on having those key people but what were the other you know important things that you had in place to make that happen because 20 hours a week of training is a lot yeah, I mean, it, yeah, people was an important part of it, but I had to be super disciplined about my time. Mm-hmm. So, yes, I did get up at, you know, 4, 4.30 in the morning. Mm-hmm. So I got my training in, but I was, and I was still at work by 8 o'clock. Mm-hmm. But I, I really had to be disciplined about uh, planning my day, planning my meetings, making sure my training time was you know, slotted into mm-hmm. this place because typically I was training two times a day. Um, and then just being prepared, you know, for example, the night before, I'd make sure either my running gear or my bike gear was all ready. So I just pretty much had to 
while I was half asleep, jump on my bike and get outside. Um, And then, yeah, made sure all my meeting agendas and everything was in place. And all my meetings were like, not those long, boring meetings, but just like, you know, 45 minutes to an hour. Mm -hmm. Everybody goes in knowing the agenda. Everybody goes out knowing who's going to do what. And you probably had to get ruthless with saying no to things that just weren't serving your goals. Absolutely. I'm assuming that was huge. Yeah, I mean, before that, I think it was, I, I almost, you know, this was with a lot of business owners, they they have that ego. They like being the go-to person, people mm-hmm. coming into the room. So it was almost like a revolving door. Mm-hmm. And I eventually got to the point, I, I don't know when that light bulb happened, but I got to the point when people came into my room I would say, well, how would you deal with that? Mm-hmm. What's your solution? So people start to figure it out. And then I used to then block off time. And so they would only be able to see me during those set meetings mm-hmm. once yeah. a week. So, and that's where we are too, is, um, you know, if the crew has any questions, then we'll set up a chat. Yeah. And I will sit down and we can chat through it or you can hop on a call real fast. Yeah. I think a lot of us get guilty of, especially the beginning of enabling people. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I think yeah. as people get more of that responsibility, then they take, it goes back to your point made earlier about, you know, ownership. Mm-hmm. If you allow people to step up and get more engaged and then reward them on that, mm-hmm. then I think you'll have a lot longer tenured employees. Yeah, I think so too. I know that's why I left my last firm. I didn't have enough ownership, you know, over what needed to happen or changes that needed needed to happen or, you know, what happened next? What was the priority? How were we feeling? Like, we just got to the point where it's like, yeah, I'm just a cog in the wheel. (laughs) Well, what did they say that, what, something like 90% of people leave their companies because of bad Mm -hmm. direction, bad Mm -hmm. uh, uh, supervisors? Bad management. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, uh, it's really yeah, hard just, to be uh, good management though. You know, we're not, we're not taught that. That's something that's I'm, I'm continually work on, working on checking myself. <laughs> Wait, that a no, or no, you know, it's <laughs> but, hard. I mean, yeah. I mean, it's true. I go, I go into a lot of companies and one of the biggest challenges I see is a lot of people get promoted into that leadership type position. Mm-hmm because of what they were good at before, whether it be sales or operations, yeah. whatever, but then they're never, you know, given leadership training or development mm-hmm. and, the, and the owners wonder why they, they fail. So. Yeah. I think it's very funny that a lot of the time it's the technician that gets promoted, you mm-hmm. know, for whatever reason. And then they don't, they find themselves managing a team and they don't know what they're doing. Yeah. Of technicians. Yeah. No clue. And it's it just, hard. It's hard to change your mindset from a technician to a manager or to a leader. Yeah, totally, totally a different mindset, especially if they're not used to managing people and all their emotions and all the challenges they're facing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's really Brutal. hard. Yeah, it's really Brutal. hard. Awesome. Um, okay, so before I ask my last question, uh, what is the easiest way to find you? Uh, through uh, my website, which is the, the Radix Group, okay. LLC.com. Um, they can also go to my LinkedIn profile at Robert Clinkenbeard. Uh, and also, I, 
have been recently uh, providing a PDF copy of my book. Awesome. Um, so people can text me at uh, 33777 mm -hmm. and use the word Radix. And uh, happy to share that book with people. Awesome. And we'll drop all that stuff in the description okay. box. Cool. Last question for you. What is the number one mindset shift business owners need to embrace for growth? Uh, working on the business rather than in the business. Too many people are still hands-on trying to control things. Just try and find those really good people. Mm -hmm. Take the time to develop them, coach them, mentor them, and that will free them up to not only start enjoying working, you know, working in their business, mm -hmm. but just trying to either spend more time with either family, travel, adventure, whatever they're passionate about. Training, training, training for an Ironman, do an Ultraman. <laughs> Crazy stuff with that, but yeah, I'll just be on the Peloton. It's, it's <laughs> Peloton's good. Peloton's I love good, but, but yeah, there's, there's too many, too many people still working very much hands-on in mm -hmm. the business, and then um, every so often they'll lift their head up and realize that life is passing them by too quickly. Yeah, it's hard. Life's too, life's too short. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for your time today, Robert. No problem, Jamie. Yeah, really good to see you, and appreciate your time today. Thank you so much for listening or watching. Be sure to subscribe on YouTube, iTunes, or wherever you prefer to listen. If you learned something and found some useful information to apply to your business today, please consider giving us a thumbs up and a review. Until next week, be abundant.